welcome to Where's My Blueprint podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to episode 16 of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. Today we are talking about money, money, money. So we are excited um, before we get started, as you know, we need to hear from a word from our sponsor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. Don't ask me where that voice came from. I haven't the slightest idea. Anyways, this week's episode is sponsored by Divine Timing, which is your one-stop shop for all things adulting. You can go on their website and pick any of their products. They're all digitally downloadable, um, so you can use them immediately upon purchase. Journals, planners, the like, things of that nature. We're giving all of our listeners a coupon code of WMB22 that you can put in at checkout to save some coins on anything on the website. You guys will go to fearforme.com. That is fear, the number four, me.com and get your lives together. All right. You know, we start out each episode with a quote. Today's quote is more money can't fix bad spending problems. Y'all, I feel like this is so true because when we think about like the people who win the lottery, right? And they get all this freaking money, like millions and millions of dollars. And then we hear like what six months to a year they're broke Mm -hmm. because they don't have the right spending habits or the mindset to have that much money and know how to make it work for them yeah what are your thoughts i mean definitely having the financial literacy to manage fifty dollars you need that same amount of literacy to manage 50 million that is true nay most definitely just to piggyback and say it a different way just because you have more money don't mean you have better habits and also people you know need to quit acting like they don't need help in that area because mm-hmm. <laughs> you need the services and you need other people to manage your money more money more problems okay so as we know adulting is a huge journey that we're still on and one thing that we have learned and we're still learning ing right is budgets budgets freaking freaking budget but on this journey of adulting <laughs> Um, we are learning, each one of us or have learned about budgets, 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 and how to use money as a tool, right? So today we're going to get into our money stories and what that looks like. But before we start that, I have an either or for both of y'all. The first, the either or is winning the lottery or landing your dream job. Hmm. I want to be the one that says both, but if I have to choose either or, I know, I know, I already see you. I know. I want all the coins. Give me my money now. (laughs) Like I'll win the lottery for a couple different reasons, mainly because I now have more, way more 
money knowledge than I used to. And I don't have all the money knowledge, but I definitely have way more now. Being able to um, know how to allocate those funds so that the majority of them make their own money and multiply and do what they need to do, as well as have some to take care of things that mistakes that I've made that I'm still paying for. Those types of things that you need to immediately take care of, like give me cash on hand ASAP. I love how we are consistent, if nothing else. So when an either or question, Sunny D going to always choose both. I'm always going to have a million questions to qualify and to ask about said either or. Because my immediate thought is, well, how much is this lottery? Because... <laughs> good question. <laughs> question i need to know how much money it is because that may sway my answer but to quit being difficult i'm gonna go with dream job (laughs) i mean points are made because if we win i mean technically you (laughs) can win the lottery on a five dollar scratch off technically that's the lottery in my my mind immediately goes to like a half a billion dollars like powerball that's what i'm thinking immediately immediately because also with that, you got to look at it as, are you doing lump sum? Because then you got to take the taxes out. Are you doing it as an annuity where you get some every, like get so much every month or every year? Like I said, I, I, I can't do these either or. These are, and these are good either questions. Or. These are good questions because like when you do an annuity, can you have beneficiaries set up? So if something happens to you, do you have beneficiaries that get it? Or if you have to do a lump sum because there are no beneficiaries with an annuity, like these are things that need to be clarified. Also, how long have I been making for this dream job? But what is my salary if that's the one I choose? See, now you got me it's asking a, a lottery. Huh? It's less than winning the lottery. Yeah, but if I really love it, so many questions. Well, my either or would be I would prefer to win the lottery. One, because me winning the lottery, I'll have at least billions, hopefully. Um, But while I'm winning the lottery, my brain is that I'm already in my dream job. So that's just extra cash anyway, because I'm already doing what I want to do in my business. And that's just extra. And now that's going to work for me while I sleep. And we talk about passive income and investments, babe. I'm waking up to the ching, ching, ching goes the money tree. Hey, money, 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 money comes to me. Boom. So yeah. I'm curious if either of you win, either of you win the lottery, what is the one ridiculous thing you would spend money on? Dream house. And by house, I mean, we're buying the property and the house. I don't see that as ridiculous. I think that's smart (laughs) as hell. (laughs) I mean, I'm talking like a bathtub full of like hot Cheetos or something. I'm going out and buy a Bugatti. I'm going to fly myself to another country for lunch. So mine is so sensible because we've already, um, my husband and I have already had this discussion and we're going to create a trust to oversee the money. So to everybody else, it's just going to look like business as usual day to day. That's why I'm saying the house is probably the most expensive random purchase because our money is not going to be controlled by us. And maybe a vacation every year. That's not really ridiculous. All of your answers are incredibly sensible. Yeah. It ain't tricking if you got it. I was hoping one of y'all would say like a bathtub full of hot Cheetos. Is that something I secretly want? I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. So y'all, as we are on the path of this adulting world and having to learn how to budget, do our personal budgets and everything, tell me how y'all budget or how y'all actually were introduced to budgeting. 
So at least for me, when my earliest, I guess, recollection of budgeting, money handling, any of those types of things was when we were get, like, getting an allowance and, you know, our parents would give us an allowance. And I remember my dad always saying, you know, you pay God first. So you do your 10% for your tithes or your charitable don- donations or what have you. You pay yourself second, whatever that looks like. I think he usually did like 10% to tithes, 10% to yourself, and then you take care of or do whatever you want with the rest of it. So that's that's generally kind of my personal introduction into like how to handle money or finances or things like that. But it really wasn't until maybe, I don't know, the last couple of years, definitely wasn't until my thirties where I started being more intentional about learning how to allocate the funds that I was earning and what that process actually looks like and figure, and I'm still really trying to figure out which methods are maybe best, you know, for the household, because now it's not just me, right? So once you add in another person, person or other people into the the mix that process kind of changes so we're that's kind of where I'm at as of now so I learned budgeting from watching my mom do it so the way she did it was um she wrote down all of her bills for the pay period and the household expenses and just wrote down like each cost associated with that and then deduct your check from all of that and that shows like what you have left or if you need to add a little bit more and then you can adjust what you need to cut out what you need to you know fluctuate and everything else so I kind of adopted that method and then when I started paying my own bills I adopted the method of doing half payments for things so whether it's half payment to the actual company or half payment to an account to later pay the rest of the portion at the other pay period just so all of your check isn't going to like bills that's an interesting concept I've never heard of the half payment so that's interesting how I learned was actually watching my grandma parents at the kitchen table and I don't know if y'all remember y'all may be too young but they used to have calendars like communities or businesses used to actually hand out like these physical paper calendars and so my grandmother would sit down with my grandfather and they would like write down every single day like a bill is due she had like the calendar right there and then she had like a whole entire um, piece of paper where she would write like literally write every single thing down so I learned that from them and when I say learned I mean watch because she never sat me down and actually taught me. It was more of me like going into the kitchen. Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, what are y'all doing? Oh, okay. And then go back and do whatever I was doing. So that was how I learned about budgeting in a very kind of like more indirect way. How do you actually utilize your budget? If that makes sense. Like, do you write everything down? Are you using like y'all are younger? So the tech age apps or. To you know, answer your question. I like, I haven't found a method, which is a goal of mine this year for sure. I haven't found a method that I like enough to use consistently. I've done like an Excel spreadsheet type of deal. I've done the write it down in the situation, you know, in a notepad or on a calendar. I've done the calendar thing like the grandparents. I've indirectly done Nay's method of a half payment type of thing because of that, depending on when the checks fall during the pay period and what's due is more like, okay, well, this time I could take care of this and that either can wait or I could put a little towards that and then move on or what have you. I just haven't found something that I liked enough. I will say of the methods that I have tried, I do like, I think it's, there. it is an app that I use because apparently I'm one of the young ones. Is it Evernote or am I getting them confused? I'll have to figure it out. But it is one of those things where I can 
do my whole every budget. Dollar. I can put in my every dollar. Thank you. It's that one. Every note is something else. Anyways, <laughs> um, every dollar I can put in my like incomes as I get them, what I know I have to spend and how to break it down, even for savings, investing for savings goals or what have you. And I like the concept of that, but sometimes I just be forgetting to open the app and put it in there. So then obviously if you don't use it, it don't work. So it sounds like, it sounds like for Sunny D, you're still learning how to maneuver your budgeting, like meaning looking at different apps or really finding something that works consistently month to month. Yeah. I'm still figuring out what that process is. Okay. And then Nate, it seems like you got it down packed with a huge binder that you have in front of us. So um, are you ready to explain this binder? Yes. So I am extremely old school. Like I still have my checkbook registrar that I put all of my, oh my gosh, purchases checkbook, in y'all. and I keep all of my receipts for the pay period. And I have the monthly expense list. So this is a list that has all of our monthly expenses down to saving bills, everything else. So for the pay period, I take and I take how much we have left in our checking account, how much we get out of our check. And then I deduct every expense from there and make sure it all evens up. And then I have the physical copy of the bills that they send to us. And I mark like when we paid it, what's the confirmation number, how much we pay. And then I also for cash payments have envelopes that I put in this nice little cubby and they're color coded. So one of them has my husband's haircut money. Another one has my wax money, our gas money, our grocery money. And then I have a big binder full of all of the receipts, all of our household passwords, all of the um, the different insurance, like warranties from different electronics. They're all in here. So this is our household bill binder. I'm so you an actual adult. <laughs> so far behind. I don't even know where my checks are. I don't even have checks. I wouldn't even know what to do with the check. So this is why I'm in charge of our family finances i see obviously i do with um when i do budget and everything i do that one thing of writing down when i pay the date i paid with the confirmation number i definitely do that because i don't trust people and i do that and i also do the cash method which is phenomenal especially if you're trying to save for a goal that dave ramsey say uh cash method will help you out but it also um it's just a psychology the psychology of it of like if I have to physically give you cash my brain is like mm, do I really need this journal I will pay for it with <laughs> they're like yes you do I was it's easier to pay with the car than it is with cash so especially like for me if I know I'm saving for something and I have to do like cold turkey and do cash for three to four months I know my goal will be met in those three to four months but you are like a whole entire hashtag goal adult with this budgeting boom Thank you. And that's why the <laughs> pandemic was so hard for me because I'm so used to like our day-to-day money being in cash. And during the pandemic, businesses weren't taking cash. And it's easy, so much easier for me to swipe that I kind of got lax and behind in our bills because I was constantly swiping as opposed to handing out cash. And like you mentioned, when you do hand out cash, you have to become more aware. So if I only have $5 left for our extra money, it's okay, are we going to to go out to eat or are we done eating out until next pay period but if you got your card you just swipe and swipe and swipe in but I also keep like a hundred dollars on 
our debit card just for emergency purposes. So for instance, I make us budget every pay period of 250 for our groceries. We have a budget of 200 for extra. So that's any fast food if we want to go out to eat. But I also put 100 on our debit card just in case we go over because we probably we almost always go over. So that's that money. That's like a whole course in what you just said. And I hope y'all got that where she just broke it down. That gem of like what you said of understanding 254 extras. And then you have like you broke it down to a number. You are so specific in that number and understanding not just your numbers in general, but understanding where your money's going, but you're also telling your money where to go. So you're giving every single dollar that you had an assignment. So there's no reason why, oh, I don't know where this money, what, 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 why is it that I get paid? I don't know where I'll have, where my money going. You know that, like, you know, like y'all, can we take a picture of that? It's going to be in the blog. Like it's going to be a picture of what she, like the binder in a blog. It is amazing. Well, and it makes it easier if you do have discrepancies with like companies like we're having an issue with the water company now and I can look and see hey for the last five months we have consistently paid this much in our water now it's jumped up this high so you can have a real life day-to-day tracking of all of your money and also what I think people fail to do is yes I have a food budget so a grocery budget but every time a new pay period start doesn't necessarily mean I allocate $250 to our grocery if I still have like $100 or $50 allocated that's still left from the previous pay period, then I only add 200. It just always equals up to 250 because that extra money can go to credit card payments. It can go to the extras budget. It can go to savings. So don't always be so taking out that money because some days you, some months you might do better and some months you might do worse. I'm processing. Uh, yeah, I am too. I'm like, I need to get a binder. I do have a cash with the envelopes. I got it on Etsy. It's super cute. They have like all the all the envelopes are like named for something in like a pretty font. And then I actually made check registry where you write down what's what. I actually made those to fit inside the envelope so that I could keep track of when I add money to it and what the goals are and stuff like that. Currently it's empty. I just made it. Don't judge me. But I at least have that much. However, comma, I need to get a Oh, something else that's really cute that I do, like Christmas time, birthday times, they get real hectic for us. So I also wrote down like all my credit card payments. And for me, I like checking things off. So if I say, okay, I'm going to put $50 on my credit card, I'm not going to just put $50 on the credit card. I'm going to mark out either the money, like say I spent $22 at Amazon and $30 at Walmart. Now I can mark off Amazon and Walmart because that in real time, I already paid back what I borrowed on that credit card. I think it's interesting um, because I think with credit cards, it re- they really are. And I think there's a huge misconception of like people using credit cards because most a lot of people are like, no, use debit, use debit. And I was actually talking to my sister about this the other day about credit cards. And I was like, credit cards aren't bad. Like, honestly, this is really OPM. It's other people's money that you're using. And you're just fine, not financing, but you're using it for a purpose, meaning, and I told my sister that I was talking to, and I was like, they're not bad if you're using them as a debit card, meaning 
your understanding, if I'm paying, like you said, Amazon, if I bought something from Amazon on my credit card, that's $20, then I'm paying that back, that $20, meaning that was a debit in my brain from my checking account that's already paid for that. So that there's no, oh, I don't have the money or overdrafts or I'm getting these high credit card bills. But also I was telling her the beauty of credit cards that people don't really, I don't think that is explained to a lot of people. If you get the right credit cards between the travel rewards, the money cash back, like all of those. And I have one credit card that I have a concierge and like my whole entire concierge tells me about tickets and stuff like that. Like there are perks to it, but it's all about understanding how to use it. So I'm just, I'm still in awe, honestly. (laughs) And they're more secure than your debit card because with your credit card, like you said, it's other people's money. So if it gets lost or stolen, your bank is just going to cancel that credit card, cancel all those fees. If it's your debit card, then your account is going to get that money taken out and you might not always get that money back. So a wise man once said that he only uses credit card because um, it's like you said, other people's money and his money isn't wrapped up in it. Yeah, I only, I don't know who said that, but I agree with that. And I learned that the hard way when I was in college. First year in college, I had, no, I think it was like my second second year or second semester in college. My roommate actually stole my debit card. Found that out. She went to go get gas. I'm like, oh, okay, stupid hoe. But after that, when I went to um, the bank, the bank manager actually told me that he was like, from now on, don't use any debit card. Like you can have one, put it, but put it up, lock it up. Don't ever use it. From now on, use only credit cards. Why? Because of exactly you said, Nave, like somebody steal your credit card. One, obviously aware, but on the back of it, he even told me, don't sign my signature, put on their check ID. So if there's something you need to make sure that this credit card is the person who says it is. But even then, if something happens, like when I went to Florida, like I was using a credit card. They they actually flagged my account because they were like, you didn't tell us you were leaving. So now I'm in Florida. I'm like, uh, I can't even use my own stuff, which is security reason. But at the same time, like it's secure enough to keep you safe, your money safe. Because again, like you said, it's other people's money and they're going to make sure their money is safe until you pay them back. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> That is a fact. Yeah, those credit cards have lots of getting the right ones. They have lots of perks. There's lots of benefits to having them when you understand how to have them. Like I actually just got a new one. Well, I just got approved for another one uh, a couple of days ago, which I don't intentionally intend to use because having that available credit now lowers my utilization rate, right? So being under, you know, the 30% reports positively on your credit score. So like knowing how to do these things and and where your credit score is and how to get approved and things like that is way more or can be way more efficient than just regular traditional banking. That could be a whole whole series in and of itself, honestly. Have you guys from college to now struggled with understanding how to use money. Like we know you just spend, spend, spend and not all that, but have you guys had any challenges with using money? Absolutely. I've definitely, even now I'm still learning, like, I feel like I'm learning new things all the time, especially having like a job where you have a 401k and understanding how those funds are allocated once they're in a 401k. I just recently, by recently, I mean like within the last two years, found out that I can control how that money's allocated. I used to think you just put money in a 401k and the company matches it or what have you or whatever you have it set to. And they have like other people that manage it or another company or something like that that manages those funds. You just leave it there. But I didn't know I could actually go in and say, I want a certain percent to go to this type of fund. Like that's new information 
to me in, in the grand scheme of my working life, right? My working adulthood, that's new information. So now that I understand that, I know how to control that a bit more. But yeah, it's it's a continuous thing. I feel like it probably always will be because I'm now getting into doing investments and attempting to figure out crypto. Don't get me started on NFTs. We're trying to get there. Yeah, I guess I'm not really understanding the question. Yeah. Have you had any challenges using money as a tool, meaning how to utilize money to make it grow for you? So how, um, Sunny D said she's learning how to use it in investments, her 401k, making it work for you on the back end versus just I have money, I'm getting paid and I'm spending and just paying bills. I think I have known that your money can work for you and grow for you. It's just getting in the mindset to know that you have, I can't find the correct word, but residual money that you can allocate for savings or other functions. I know sometimes when you aren't in a career, but in an actual just job and you have bills, you feel like all of your money is taken up by bills. And that's not necessarily true. Like there's ways to move the money around. There's ways to be more disciplined in your money. There's ways to cut out a lot of business expense, well, a lot of frivolous expenses to get open up that money stream that is disposable that you can put aside and everything else. So I think my biggest, um, my biggest issue for lack of a better word is creating those streams of disposable income that I can play with without feeling like it will hurt me in my day to day. I get that. Elaborate. So when I was growing up, my mom always say, always said, you need to put some money in savings. And I'm like, I am a college student. I got this little part-time job or this little customer service retail job. I don't have money to allocate to savings. Like these student loan people are knocking. My bills are knocking. I'm trying not to ask you for money. I got to live. I got to eat. I got to survive. What, what money do I have to save? But I saw somewhere where it was like, if you take whatever week of the year it is, and you just put that amount of money in a envelope by the end of the year you'll have fifteen hundred dollars and just knowing that that's money I can take out and even if you can't do it every week tax time come take up some money and throw it aside and just keep putting the money there so being intentional of I'm going to not look at this as savings but look at this as another bill then you're more apt to do the things and sacrifice and put the money in the savings because that's the way for a while I got repairs on my car. So if you're saving that money, you have 3000 in savings. Well, if your car, something happens and you got to spend 1000 1500 on your car, it's a little bit easier because that's not money taken out of your day to day. You already have that stocked up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I do love that. And I talked to my little sister about that of having, um, multiple accounts, meaning like she has a, we set her up a savings account, which is like the emergency emergency. Like I cannot get to you right now. And you may be stuck on a road. You need a tow truck and they only take cash or a Zelle or cash out, whatever y'all young people doing now. Like they may need that and you have it. And that's where, where that is. And then I told her also, we set up another account where it's just for car. So it's allocated a certain amount just for her car. And like, an emergency, but I do feel like that is so true of like savings. But also I wanted to ask both of y'all a question. Do you pay yourself first? And if you do, when did you start? 
I struggle with that. I'm the girl who, if all of my bills are paid and I have $5 left, I'm going to be salty, but I would rather have that than to pay myself and be behind on a bill or be in debt and everything else. That's where me and my husband differ. He's all about, we have this money, the bills are going to stay there. We need to focus on experiences and doing things for ourselves and everything else. Whereas I'm like, no, if we pay off this debt, then we can have more money to have bigger experiences, to do bigger things. So I struggle with that, but I know that is an area that I need to grow in. I concur. That is definitely something that does not come as easily to me at the moment as it will in the future because of very similar things. Like I want to make sure that we have transportation and that we have a roof over our head and that we, you know, can eat and feed ourselves and make sure we have lights and we have internet. And you know what I mean? Just making sure that those things are taken care of because the things that I want to do are important, but some other things take priority. So being able to take care of the things that are absolute priority for like livelihood is primary to me doing things that I want to do just because. With that being said, I do make it a point to do things that are just for me, i.e. I go get my nails done every four weeks. So that's that's my one thing that I will go to the nail shop and have my little cocktail and speak to my little nail chick, we could kiki or whatever. Like that's the one thing that I religiously do for myself. So that's as of now is where we're at. But that's definitely overall uh, kind of challenging. So I'm going, I should have prefaced this um, before I let y'all answer the question, but how do you define pay yourself first? So I kind of look at the pay yourself first as in what amount of money do you take out after you pay, you know, your tithes or charitable donations or whatever, whatever that is for you. And while there is a line item on our budgets that I do say, like my husband's play money, my play money, my play money often goes to my credit card. (laughs) If I'm being completely honest and transparent because I just, it's something so satisfying about not owing anybody else money. But I feel, well, and with that, I feel like if you are in that mindset of not owing anybody else money, then you're more intentional with those trips that you take. You take less frivolous trips, you make less frivolous purchases because you know that money is going to either keep you in debt or put you farther in debt, or you have to, in your head, think about how you're going to go to pay that. However, I love a good retail therapy. So if I feel like life is life and it ain't nothing for me to make some purchases and your girl don't always make small purchases to not have a job. I am expensive. So in those instances, I guess I do pay myself, but on the day to day, I'm more focused on the bill pay. I guess for me, as far as defining, I think what that looks like is taking whatever amount of money that is decided upon, putting that usually in cash in my little envelope that says Sunny D and my little binder thing that I got from Etsy. And that's just, that's my money to do whatever with. That doesn't include like eat out money or it may include like my nail money or something, but that's whatever I want. That's if I want to, you know, dip into my Amazon cart and figure out which one of these 4,000 things I'm gonna get this week. Or if that's just me 
saving it just to have and building up a little nest for whatever that has nothing to do with savings. That has nothing to do with like a vacation fund or a car fund or anything like that's strictly just Sunny D's coins. I usually have to physically allocate that into like actual cash money and put that aside. That would be in my mind considering paying myself first. And that's also separate from money that we put aside for investing. For me, I think of pay yourself first is kind of like when you get a check, the IRS and the government, they take it out before you even get to spend yours, right? So my mindset is when I get paid, I automatically deduct 20%, either, no, I do 10% automatically goes to my pay me first account before bills, before anything automatically to me. The government takes theirs first, I'm taking mine first. And then I do savings and then bills and all of that other stuff. Why? Because I feel like in my experience, understanding like, and this may be deeper than we will go, but understanding that I'm the one who worked those hours, right? So I've done all this work. I don't want to be in the mindset where I'm working to just pay bills. And my mindset is I've done this work. I'm paying myself first. And that could just be an account that's just sitting there to do whatever I want. It's not traveling. It's not any of that because all of those are, for me, I have separate accounts for all of that. But my pay me first account is I got, this is what I did. I'm making this 10% goes to this account and it's just sitting there. And so if I just wanted to up and say, hey, I want to buy whatever, I already have that. And that's just my me account. Um, and then with bills and all of that, honestly, I think of they're going to get paid either way it goes. Right. And and this is probably a different way of thinking of it. it's like I'm first, they're third at the end of the day. Like, yes, you're going to pay the rent because the rent is going to be paid either way it goes. But under, and I think it's just the way I do my budget, too, because every single bill I have, I pay every month. So no matter what, everything is paid every single month. So most of the time I, I always have a credit with like my water bill, with my electricity bill and things like that. So it's always, what's it called? Um, like I have a credit with them until like one time, the literally my apartment complex is like, I need you to really stop paying because we got to catch up with you. <laughs> and like, I know that's not feasible for everyone, but in my mind, it's like, I pay you monthly because that's how I have everything set up. But I do that because if anything was to happen in any type of way, let's say COVID, hence COVID. When COVID hit, I want to say I was blessed to be able to like, hey, it's okay. My bills are, I'm so caught up in every single one of my bills and utilities and rent and everything that I'm okay with whatever happened because I'm already, I'm past, I don't, how, what's the word I'm trying to look for? The ahead. Yeah, I'm ahead of quote unquote when something comes. Now, is that feasible for everyone? Probably not. Is that something everybody do, does? Probably not. Um, but for me, it was because of what I saw growing up. I don't want to be behind and catching up. So I'd rather go ahead and be ahead. And then like my apartment complex is like, I need you to slow down. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna slow down for until you catch me up for a month. So we had to work together because they were like, you're, you're paying too much, which at the end of that, you know, they have to pay you back and they don't want to do all that. But yeah. So y'all both, since y'all budget for multiple people, are both of your partners involved in the budgeting? Or I know, Nay, you're like, uh, I take it over. That's my responsibility. I allocate and we good. No, it's not even that. As crazy as it sounds, I am the one who spends more in the relationship. But 
I am the one who is also more disciplined and um, knowledgeable when it comes to the money. Even though I spend as much as I do, my credit score is excellent. And I'm not even just saying it's excellent. No, I am over 750 in my credit score. I have two credit cards. Um, One of my credit cards is over 20,000 for the limit. The other one is a little bit less, but that's because I choose to make it less. Like I know money. And so my husband is strong enough and confident enough and secure enough in his manhood to be like, oh, you're the one who is more savvy in this area. I'm going to let you take over it. So a lot of times I'll ask him, hey, do you want to see the bills for the month? He's like, why? You got it. Like he knows where to go to if he needs to go to it. Like he knows where all the money's kept. He knows where all the budgets and bills are kept. I even keep, y'all saw the month and stuff. I keep them bundled up in a manila envelope up in three month increments. So you can look at our finances. We have a safe deposit, well, a fireproof box. You can look there for the last five years and see all the receipts, all the bills, all the budgets up until like 2015. So yeah. Yeah. I need to get my organizational skills together. That's all I got for that one. We, he and I do like talk a a lot about what we want to do, what we're going to take care of and things like that. And I think it's more so because we we know where we want to go financially and we want to make these decisions together on how to get there and making sure that we're still on path or on track to that's still going to lead us to where it is that we want to be so for the most part like I'll I'll be similar to Nay and take care of making sure such and such gets paid and that got paid did that get paid did this get paid blah 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 and making sure all those things are good but in those instances where we have a little extra or maybe we want to eliminate or cut something else out we'll be like okay this is what we got to work with what are your thoughts on what how we should go about such and such and I'll put in my thoughts okay how do we figure out where like together is this going to be where we're gonna end up if that makes sense so we do not all the time but we do talk about our budgeting and kind of what we're doing financially together so since y'all both do them together well in a way do y'all talk about like assets versus liabilities or how would y'all each define an asset versus liability and I guess each one of y'all can take one each like one define asset the other one define liability I you know I don't know if we if he and I together have talked about how we define them but we do talk about it like currently we would be once we purchase a home we would be first-time homeowners so we talk about okay how do we want to go about that do we want to you know get a fixer upper type of thing do we want to um you know just buy a turnkey so to speak like we talk about these things and ultimately we want our home to be an asset something that's going to benefit us financially and not just cost us money so as opposed to just getting a home that we have to spend a bunch of money fixing up get buy a duplex and rent out the other half and have that pay the mortgage so then we don't have those you know living expenses or those overhead expenses that now we have the freedom and ability to travel if we want to invest whatever else that we want to do so we haven't defined them per se but I think we have the same outlook as far as what is beneficial and then what's going to cost us money I concur we're the same way we haven't explicitly sat down and say okay these are our assets um these are potential liabilities like done that whole shebang but we do look at Okay, like you said, we intend to buy a duplex or something of the sort to have for one property 
and land in our name, but also have somebody else pay for it. I am once again, the one who's always trying to cut stuff out. So it's nothing for when, for instance, Netflix went up on their um, costs for, I think it's starting the 22nd of this month. We had a conversation like, hey, do we want to keep our current plan? Do we want to downside that uh, downside? Or is this service even necessary? Like having those in the moment discussions of if this is not serving us, if they're going to steady increase, you know, costs, is it necessary? Is it worth it? So then would you define Netflix or how would y'all both define Netflix? Is it a liability or would you say it is an asset? And I just wouldn't use those words in dealing with like the Netflix account. I look at it more so of, is this a necessary expense or is this a bonus expense? We have, we cut our cable. We have the most basic cable plan because it worked better for our family and what we wanted to do, but we kind of cut the cord. So we have a lot of streaming services because originally it was supposed to be cheaper than having an actual cable service, as well as we were paying for cable channels that we didn't even use, but we didn't have cable channels that we did use. But now we have so many streaming services that it's kind of as expensive, if not more expensive. So sitting down to say, okay, are we, because my thought process with the Netflix when it went up was, okay, who's using this Netflix? Are we even using this Netflix? Or let's keep it all the way funky. Our family using the email and the password and everything else, because if that's the case, they either need to A, come up off some money or B, we gonna downsize and tell them, hey, your streaming quality is going to decrease or B, we just gonna completely cut it out altogether because that wasn't a necessity. But hubby told me that he watches Netflix, but being real intentional with your money and not and being aware of where your money goes. I know too many times we are paying for things that we no longer use. And then you wondering why you broke. And it's like, because you're paying for services and paying for things like subscription services that you are not using, actively using, but you're still paying on it every month. So really sitting down and looking to see where your money goes. We happen to be a military family. So every time we change locations, we literally sit down and see, okay, these are our bills that travel with us, but these are the bills that we can create. So what does it look like? What can we allocate for? What do we need to cut back this go round? This, that, and third. You said something, and I'm so glad you rephrased that because I was trying to see if y'all were going to catch it. Y'all did. You did. Uh, it's not a li- liability or asset. It's a need versus want, right? Because when we're doing things, do we need Netflix or Hulu? No. We can sit and read a book or go outside, ride a bike, and do something. Use your imagination. But do we want it? Of course. I mean, we got to be up to date with all of the TV shows, right? If you watch TV like that. So I think Thank you so much for catching that and clarifying that. So what about you, Miss Sunny? Um, as far as how, well, I'll give you this example. We utilize Netflix. We utilize Disney Plus. We utilize the heck out of YouTube, right? We don't have cable. As a matter of fact, I remember when getting the internet, I specifically asked, like, do you got an internet package with no TV attached? And they're like, well, they have, because, you know, nowadays they have like the bundle. I said, I don't need that though. I just need the internet because the internet is what I need my streaming services for. So, you know what I'm saying? You need to, to understand what it is and I'm talking about. And even still, I still have the internet package that comes with like 10 channels. And I'm like, I don't want them damn 10 channels. Like you're not listening to me. But anyhow, that's what's the point. So 
we did the same thing. Like we cut cable. We don't have it. He had a Hulu subscription that had live TV because football season, he has to have the SEC network, right? That he needed. But then they went up on the bill. And so we cut also football season's over, college football season's over. So we cut that. But I have Hulu through my Disney Plus account because we have ESPN, Hulu, and Disney Plus. So we could still catch on the back end through that. And now that's only one um, one expense for three services, right? So we're like finding ways that we can still access the content that we enjoy watching without having to have multiple like separate so I mean we do have Netflix that's its own thing but yeah we had to we, we decided to cut that we didn't have we don't have cable we had to cut that too so we make those decisions because it is very much a need versus want what we need the content for but we don't want to pay a whole bunch of money for it because that's unnecessary I didn't even know you can do those three streams together because I'm one of, I'm the family member that's on everybody else's account also <laughs> <laughs> oh, that you that's you you don't want um, the emails and the passwords I am <laughs> Man, this is interesting. So I have a question for y'all. If you guys had a college student that asked you a question and the question is, I need help with budgeting. I don't know how, I don't even know how this money thing works. Can you help me? What actionable step would you give that college student? One, do you know your bills? Two, where are your bills? Three, let's sit down and write out your bills. I say that because my husband and I got married when we were both in our 20s. He couldn't tell me all of his bills. So when we got married, it was very, very first step, baby step of, okay, what are your bills? <laughs> and if you don't know your bills, like, do you know the inkling of your bills, specifically like student loans? So I had to research, okay, where are your student loans? Like, how much are they? That type of thing. So yes, my very first step one is, are you aware of your bills? Because you can have bills and not be paying on them, but they're still your bills. Can you elaborate on what you mean by bills, quote unquote? Why did I ask that? Is because some people may think, oh, I'm going eating out. That's not a bill, but it technically is a bill, right? Or am I am I seeing this wrong? So no, in my it? in my eye, a bill is anything that you are spending money on. So I look at my monthly waxes as a bill. That is a service that I enjoy. That is a service that I am not getting giving away. So I need to put forth money to satisfy the purchase of that service. So your utilities, those are bills. Our groceries, that's a bill. Like our, my waxes, that's a bill. My husband's haircut, that's a bill. Like savings are a bill. So anything your money is going to, our extras, our pay money, play money, those are bills. <laughs> so it looks extremely tedious, but that's why I know all of our money down to the last cent because everything is accounted for in some form or fashion. I have no random money. Like, I don't know where this came from. I don't know where this is going. It's none of that. So everything is a bill. I agree with most of that. With, on, with the only difference is, or the only difference being, at least for me, a bill would be considered anything that I am either obli like obligated to spend or is one of those like non-negotiables that I consistently do each month. So I consistently go get my nails done. That's a bill. I don't always consistency consistently eat out. So that's one of those like optional things. I wouldn't necessarily consider that as a bill because we have a grocery bill. I can eat at home. But that's just that's just how my brain um, thinks about that. 
what I would tell a, co- a college student would be essentially the same as Nay, but like write down everything you do spend money on. And then let's narrow down or prioritize what those expenses are. So that way you can have, I mean, seeing something with your own two eyeballs written on paper is a lot more precise and definite than trying to remember that your car note is an expense as well as your car insurance, as well as your maintenance, because you got to put gas in that mode. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like writing those things down and being able to start with that. Also, do you know how to use Excel? <laughs> like, unless you can just start with the basics, the basics and open up an Excel spreadsheet and get started with that. No, nobody, is, am I, is or, it just me? Or you can be old school like me and get some legal pads. Get a legal pad and Manila folders and a good pen. That's it. I was gonna say for me, I have like a a, another journal, obviously, but I have a journal and in there it's like I'm old school. So I literally write down every single expense. I make another line like columns and it has like expense, what day I paid it, what's the confirmation number, the amounts, if there is a balance, what's gonna be next paid. For me, writing it down helps me remember, but also seeing it, like you both said, like when you see the numbers, the numbers don't lie. Like your numbers don't lie <laughs> if you're doing it right. Mm, if you know, you man. can't lie. Yeah, you can't <laughs> omit. But if you're doing it right, your numbers aren't gonna lie. And that'll tell you more about yourself and your spending habits than anything else will. Yeah. Y'all gave me a lot of information and I want a binder. Listen, <laughs> I'm thinking right now, okay, which would you have a spare binder? For your binders, I do recommend you get one with pockets and also one that zips up. Mm. <gasps> and those are my coupons. Can you put the link to the binder that you use in the Girl, box? I just went to Walmart, but yeah, I can. Okay. <laughs> put the link. I'm this trying to all 2022. <laughs> um, I have one of those for my coupons. So... Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. We are going to move on to our moments of melanation. Moments of melanation. As you all know, our moments of melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for moments of melanation, we are highlighting Tiffany Aliche, aka the Budget Nista. So I'm sure several of our listeners have heard of the Budget Nista. You probably have seen like sponsorship ads, something like that popping up on your social medias throughout the years, but she's an award-winning teacher of financial education, an author of Get Good With Money book, as well as many others. Her company has helped over a million women transform the way that they think about money. And she also has a podcast called Brown Ambition. So what's great about her is she makes things very relatable. This beautiful Black woman, I believe she's Nigerian. She's learned all that she knows just from her experience of working with money and her desire to understand how to utilize it as a tool and not necessarily how to like get rich or anything like that, but essentially taking whatever money it is that you are earning currently and just making that money work better for you. And so she's so knowledgeable about the different techniques and different resources that you know that are accessible to people and trying to make them more accessible to those that don't have it. So I pose this question to you ladies here. Like if you guys could have like a budget coach, what would you want them to work on with you? I would say um, how to be disciplined. (laughs) That's right. Because as y'all can probably see, I know all the tips, they are proven to work. 
but just staying diligent about it and not creating new bills without having the resources to allocate to that bill. I concur. You know, um, just to be disciplined and to really talk about the psychology and the behind the scenes of money. And when I say behind the scenes, I mean how to utilize it, how to make it work, how to actually make money, go out, work a full-time 24-hour job and come back and just double and triple to me, you know, that cash flow, understand that passive and cash flow for me. That's a good book, by the way, The Psychology of Money. It is. I like it. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about Tiffany and what she's been able to accomplish? Baby, she's a beast. I applaud her and I am in awe of all that she accomplished. It lets me see that it is possible. I love it because just what Nate said is it shows you what's possible because she was a teacher, like a teacher making, I'm going to say, assuming, but I feel like she said less than like 60,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And for her to be a teacher, taking that that skill set to then transition to teaching so many people about budgeting, how to get out of debt, like how to live the life that you want on a budget. I think it's phenomenal. And I think, honestly, children need, really need to be learning this in like junior high school. So by the time they are in high school and college, they already have that mindset of how to use money and how to budget. So when you go to college, I don't know about everybody else, but you know, going to college, you are definitely on a ramen noodle diet. So um, <laughs> for sure. So um, having that knowledge earlier is to me a lot helpful, a lot more helpful. Yeah, I remember like one of the first times that I was introduced to her, I I think it was like a random video or something that showed up on YouTube or what have you, but it was really nice to see someone who looked like me that was successful with utilizing money as a tool. Like there are so many different resources that exist you know, as far as money goes, as far as budgeting, business, and all of these things that are really great and really helpful. And they have incredible principles, but none of these people look like me. So there was always like a little bit of, but like, do they get it? You know what I mean? Like they all look like they could possibly have just like been given a trust fund or something. And then that's how they learned about, you know what I mean? But like knowing that this is a person that has really worked herself and is very familiar with a lot of the struggles in the black community and has built this incredible business and this great platform to assist other women in order to be more money conscious and have more control over the utilization of this tool was something that absolutely attracted me to wanting to know more about how she teaches what she knows. I totally agree. No, I agree with you. It's awesome to see someone that one that's a female but she's a black female that looks like us that's doing her thing. And I think that is amazing. And as you all know, we are sponsored by another amazing business. They are going to tell us about their business and their sponsorship. We are Sure Refinement. And what we do is we help women move through their trauma and learn how to develop the self-love, self-worth, and self-belief within themselves. We can be found online at www.surerefinement.com, or you can shoot us a quick email at kb at surerefinement.com, or you can find us on Instagram at surerefinement underscore. 
So as you know, we end every episode with an affirmation and today's affirmation is being successful is my natural state of being. And with open hands, I welcome all the successes that come to me. Don't you love that? Being successful is my natural state of being. There's no other way for me to be except successful. That's natural default state. I love that. I love that too. We're just all successful little ladies on here, navigating adulthood, getting our lives together, becoming entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, doing all the things. Doing all the things with our team of three. Um, What is it called? What What is that? The three musketeers? The three musketeers? But we're girls. We're females. We have vaginas. So with that... <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode. Please go follow on Spotify, Amazon, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, um, Radio Public. And please check out the blog at whereismyblueprintpod.com. We appreciate and we can't wait to interact with y'all. Comment, review, and thank you. And we are out. Bye. Peace out.